Okay, guys, it's a Saturday morning, it's 9.30, and that means the Five Property Show. So today's show is all about negotiating a price. Uh, does your buyer need to feel that they've got a good deal for their Five Property? Well, today's guests are uh, Andrea Stanford and Jimmy Mullen. You know, so how are you guys? Um, thank you. A bit down after the football last night, but there we right, go. Well, we're just about to rub it and get it up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then we were talking off camera, eh, Andrea, and we were saying, you know, is it, you know, is this a victory for Scotland? Yeah, I think it is. Well, yeah. it was last night. Um, just have to look at the fans afterwards. I think they were all happy as well, staying on. This. You can only, couldn't hear the England fans. You could only hear the Scotland fans. So. I'll be honest, Jimmy, with the Tartan Army, it doesn't matter, win, lose, or draw, we still have a party. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is probably the whole reason why why we go there in the first place. <laughs> so, you know, guys, we're talking about negotiating a price. Does your buyer need to feel uh, they've got a good deal in Fife? I mean, I, I, I mean, do we hear it all the time? I don't want to give my home away, Jimmy. Yeah, it's something, um, well... Obviously, it comes down to circumstances. There'll be people that put their property on the market and they won't sell it unless they achieve a certain price. But you have some people, their circumstances are, there might be a family bereavement or their circumstances may change or they may not be happy in the home anymore and they'll get rid of it any means, by any means. Um, obviously, it's our, our job as agents to, to talk to them, to guide them, and we always want to get them the best price at the end of the day. So... Um, you definitely do hear that, but it just comes down to the client's circumstances, I would say. Absolutely. Andrea, you know, what's your thoughts on this when people say, I don't want to give my home away? I mean, is this quite a common question that people say, I just don't want to give my home away? I mean, it is for me. Yeah, I've, I've noticed it a lot lately, especially with the, the frenzy of buyers that are buying over home report price and someone else has got their property on the market and they get an early offer that is under what they're asking and they're just saying, not giving it away. No. You know, I thought you said it was a buoyant market, um, you know, that people are yeah. paying well over home report valuation. No, we're quite happy to sit and wait until we get the price that we want. Mm -hmm. um, so as Jimmy says, we're there to guide them through that. And obviously as, uh, our trained negotiators are there to get the buyers to give their best price. Yeah, you hear it quite a lot saying it's the first thing they've thought in people's minds. Many people, and, and when they first put their home up for sale, immediately say, I don't want to give my home away. But the reality is, what expectations do they have in the first place? I mean, it's one of the main concerns we actually address uh, when recommending a marketing plan and setting the asking price in the beginning. And it gives comfort and confidence in the process. But it, we do hear it quite a lot. And and it, it is about managing expectations, isn't it? Because, you know, you can walk into some people's houses and they go, and you're kind of thinking, well, what's your house worth? Um, or what do you think it's worth? And then they go, well, what do you think it's worth first? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No competition, by the way. I'm yeah. here to help. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like, that's what you're here for. Um, we hear that a lot as well. That's what you're here for. It's like, aye, but it's no, it's it's no question time. You know, it's it's no the Krypton factor. It's no like if I come up with the right answer, you you're going to use me as the agent. It's like we're basing our information on facts and information about houses that have sold that are similar to yours in the area, isn't it? Yeah, because you have people that do. You have some people that have. I'd say the hardest one to deal with as as agents is someone that has um 
really high expectations of their values, which I've come across quite recently, actually, um, where they remortgaged and took it remortgaged by the bank and the bank takes an average price of the of the area. This was um, a two bedroom or a three bedroom apartment, but all around it in the in the area was detached houses. So the remortgage, they've just seen detached houses, average prices in that street. So the remortgage was really high. But when I've gone around to gone around to her and I said, "What's your expectations?" She said, "X because I've remortgaged at that." Mm -hmm. I had to then show her the evidence that says that's not the case. Um, obviously, she was disheartened. But what we don't want to do is is just take the instruction just to just to win the business we're there to guide them and help them effectively, and effectively it's just it's just having the property set i mean it has to be i mean it's few and far between this actually happens but there is occasions where you know the expectation about what somebody wants and and what we've found is actually the right real evidence and backed up by all the financial figures and what the previous results are in the area and what the expectations are what's currently on the market all leads us to believe that you're never going to achieve that figure and yeah. and often i've said to, you've heard me say it it's like well you know, Jimmy, you're probably better just phoning them up and saying to them, you know, we're not going to achieve that figure. That's no possible because we've got evidence to su suggest that it's around this price for the starting figure. Um, therefore, you know, what do you want to do? Do, do you really want to? Do you really want to waste your time? You know, that's um, and and for us to tell you that that over the over the phone is a lot easier, or and a Zoom for you and quicker for you as well, more efficient. Um, so it's actually managing expectations out the process, but it's negotiating the best price. Uh, there are some myths and understandings around the price negotiations and choosing the right tactics, remember. Um, if you add on a, a, a margin uh, to deduct for buyers, here's a classic example of how people do. Sometimes they're actually, they've got an expectation about this is where we're going to pitch it. And then, by the way, this is where we expect it to land. Um, well, people might lose interest as a result of that because you overprice your property or you've got high expectations in the beginning. Um, you know, you have to come down to the realization and listen to the the stage and, and also the the uh, market forces and what people are telling you about what your property is really worth. I mean, that's probably factual, isn't it, Andrea? Yeah, I think if people's expectations are high and you know the home report is coming in at a certain figure, yes, we can put it on at that. You might not get the traction that's required. It will sit around longer, and people will automatically expect to get it for less yeah here's a misconception straight away uh, or or somebody uh, people you you need to, home report you can't put your property on for more than home report to be honest because the first thing that happens is the buyer then gets bent out of shape for want of a better word um or phrase um because um you've got your house on far more than actually the home report says. I mean, you can put your price on at the home report and that's fine. And then we can push it up from there. But putting it on over the home report in the very beginning, is that a good strategy, Jimmy? Um, no. Oh, lost <laughs> your broadband's your broadband's cutting out. No, no, that, that was me. That was me just thinking whether it was a good idea, or, but no, it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely not. Um uh, the best way that the way that you're going to get the best price for your property is pricing it correctly, marketing it to the widest audience, and creating competition, closing date, or a couple of people offering that really want it. That's how you're going to drive the price. Putting it on at a unrealistic price to start off with is how you're going to end up with less money at the end.
You yeah, missed out a bit about choosing the best agent. <laughs> <laughs> well, there can, there can be only one. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder who that is. Well, this is. This is one I've, I've come up against um, a completely opposite of that recently. I went out to a, a lady that was on the market with another agent. Um, her home report value was, let's, let's just, I think it was 165. Um, but she had it on the market at 157 and they put yeah. it on at that level. And she was wondering why she was only getting offers around about 160, 162, when she actually needed to achieve 170 to be able to buy the property that she wanted. Well, and I yeah. said to her, well, if you're on at 157, are people, off, people are probably thinking that you want that. And then they're offering a little bit over, probably thinking that they're putting in good offers. Yeah. But obviously, that's not where you need to be. You need to be 170. So um, pitching it at the correct price, knowing what you want, discussing that with your agent and making the best strategy to go forward is is the only way. Because if you and your agent are on a different paths or cross wires, then you're just going to be headbutting and you're going to be there. It's also it's also a lot to do with um, uh, it's also a lot to do with managing expectations of the buyer when they call. You know, so if a buyer's calling at one hundred fifty-seven thousand, what are what is what are you actually saying to the buyer straight away that you're open to offers around that, or are you actually coming in straight away and saying the home reports at one hundred and sixty-five? You know, home yeah. reports at one hundred sixty-five, one hundred fifty-seven is probably just an introductory price to add to get the right people through the door and then push them up from there. But it's all about the qualification process when you get the right people through the door and then push them up from there. I mean, classic example. Let's talk about it now. I mean, I've got the I've got the feedback on Miller Terrace. I mean, we know we've put Miller Terrace on, and Miller Terrace so far has twenty six viewings booked for Monday and uh, Tuesday and uh, Monday and Wednesday and Sunday. And then also there's twenty four um, from Rightmove and two from Zupla. And there's a lot of people actually been filtered out in the beginning on the qualification stage. So that has actually come down to twenty six viewings booked so far. But our inquiries were round about forty. So we actually we actually made it clear to everybody straight away this property is actually not going to go for the home report value. It's going to go for significantly more based on the input and the offers we've had already. So if you're at the home report value, there's no point in viewing. Um, so it's all about filtering people out and managing that expectations of the buyers in order to get that right result at the end. That's probably the most important thing to come out of it. I mean, the average homeowner only moves about 15 to 20 years, roughly four times in a lifetime. This is quite interesting because the average homeowner before the credit crunch used to move every six to seven years. Oh. Yeah. And now that's doubled, if not trebled, because of the credit crunch. It's I think it's given everybody a realisation that they need to find their forever home and grow into it more than anything. I mean, that's probably a fair assessment. It's no wonder the price negotiations are unfamiliar in the territory and the economy and technology and buyer habits and property fashions are constantly changing and traditional rules and set of supplies and demands also play their part in this process. So, you know, um, what are the things that we need to talk about then? So it's not about money, really. Um, think back to when you first saw your current home and when you decided to buy it. Um, all the things that made you fall in love and feel that you could be happy there, um, how much came down to the price on the brochure, um, more than likely it was something else that got you hooked. It wasn't the price. It was actually the. It was actually something more. It's what you saw in your home in the first place. And when you put your home up for sale, um, the price is at the top of the list because the price is 
at the top of the list is because it's only because it's the home you left it um, for to give it up for to go to your next home. It's been a loyal friend that served you well, but now it's time to move on and the price you achieve will affect your move that you can make to your next home. That's really all that comes down to. So when you're looking to buy a home, your priorities are very different. Your size, the number of rooms, the location, the condition, the potential, the noise, the natural light, the parking, the garden, not to mention that feeling that when you walk into the door, you think, this is the one. Have you seen that happen, Jimmy? Um, a day, um, well, going back to my golf days when I was speaking to some of the top psychologists in the world, I would say the most important one would be the feelings because feeling well feelings will lead to ultimately actions and actions is going to be an offer at the end result really um so when i go and see a client and they and they instructed me or i'm giving them advice on on how to repair the home i would tell them what sort of buyers i think there's going to be attracting and then i would tell them to do dress their house that's going to do a term to a certain buyer so if it is um yeah. If it is, let's just say, it, a, an upsize and property, a family home, and they're like, oh, I need to declutter and get all the toys out of the way. I was like, yeah, you need to do that. But I think you need to keep a little bit of it there so they get the feeling or they can picture their family, their kids running in the back garden or whatever it may be, or if it's a downsizer, dress in the back garden because people will like to do the garden, etc. cetera. So um, I think you need to speak to your agent and think what market is predominantly going to come through the door and dress and, and get the house to that to get the to get the feeling right so what's your thoughts on the phrase then that oh it will sell itself if that was this, if that was the case then there would probably only ever be one estate agent that would sell it and there's a, if it, some houses will sell itself but not everybody is going to get the same end result that's that's what it comes down to in the end What's your thoughts on this, Andrea? About is it is it all about feelings, or is it just clinical, uh, statistical, and uh, number of rooms, number of bedrooms, and that's all it comes down to? Now, from a logical <laughs> point of perspective, that's absolutely right for you, Andrea, isn't it? I know. I was just going to say, <laughs> you want the black and white answer or the grey one? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I can only go from personal experience, really, and you know, when you, it, it just depends completely on what what you need i mean if you've got one child you're not going to need a five-bedroomed house if you've got four children you're going to need at least a five-bedroom house probably or a four-bedroom depends on whether you want separate rooms for yourself but, but, but what about my cinema and what about Your my cinema, yeah. what about my sports room what about my, my home office and what about my gymnasium you know all these things yeah. what about my mind it depends on your budget as well you know yeah. But when when we moved, we sold a big house, came to still a relatively big house, but a cheaper one. But we were able to be mortgage free. And that was one of the main things. So we had a budget set that we were not going to go above. Although at the end, close to the end, our vendors said, Oh, we can't find a house to move to. So we're we're gonna we're gonna drop the sale. Um I don't know, you can't do that. And we were actually willing to pay more to get them to keep on with the sale we said look we'll give you time to find another house and we moved into my son's flat for two so months are, to let them you, get another house and we didn't pay any more for it I, so this is an interesting one so you're telling me that as a as a as a buyer you were willing to pay more to get your existing house we would have done 
Absolutely. It's asked for so, it, we would have. So that then tells me, and you're not going to name the estate agent you bought it from, the estate agent you bought it from actually lost their client money. Even mm -hmm. though they could have been the cheapest estate agent, they ended up being the dearest estate agent because they lost yeah. thousands. Uh, by the way, how much more would you have paid for it? Well, we would have gone up another 5,000. Wow. And that's nothing compared to the fee they've probably paid them. So mm -hmm. they went for a cheap fee to try and get a £1,000 less than someone else. Effectively, it's cost them £4,000 to actually do that. Mm -hmm. and they've lost £4,000. And we're going to talk about that, the fear of losing out. Um, I mean, most buyers uh, spend as much money as they can to get the best property they can, one that ticks all the boxes to give them the lifestyle they want and they're looking for. And while everyone does indeed love a bargain, it rarely makes the list of the buyer's must-haves. Um, really, that's what it is. I mean, buyers aren't really after a bargain, so to speak. buy to -like landlords maybe are, <laughs> and investors, but... But when it comes down to your family home, I mean, the argument here is if it's 15 to 20 years you're going to stay in it and you pay yourself £15,000 more for the property, then it's only £1,000 extra a year to get the dream home you want. And you, you can't take it with you. It's, no, <laughs> it's, it's there to be used for what you want. That's why you work hard in order to have that lifestyle that you can afford um, to have that luxury that you've actually worked hard for. So all these time, that time that you've put in at work, has actually paid off as a result because you've got the perfect family home you want. But we now come on to the bit about fear of losing out. This is the most important point. I mean, nobody pays the asking price as a belief that pops up from time to time when we're talking to homeowners about their pricing strategy. But it's nowhere near as clear-cut as that. I mean, Behavioural Science Unit at Barclays recently carried out a survey among home buyers and they found that 30% didn't even try to negotiate on the price. That's an amazing statistic, mainly for the fear of losing the property, but with a dash of cultural embarrassment thrown into the good measure. This is a classic example of the British mentality, isn't it? It's like, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to ask for a discount um, because everybody's telling me the property is going for a lot more. But you know yourself, Jimmy, that I'm no stranger to doing this. And uh, and often I pick up properties at really good prices because I'm the one that just wades in and asks for it, whether I like it or no, and say it's my numbers and that's it. That's yeah. pretty logical. But from, from a behavioural science point of view, that as a, as a nation in the British culture, and, and we're, we're, we're not used to asking for discounts on properties. And, we, and, and also the fact that 30% actually don't even try to negotiate the price. Is, is that a revelation or is that or do you think that's higher in scotland Nah, that's definitely definitely case i mean people are people are the people are fear people are scared of rejection that's why they don't ask for it and yeah. simply if you ask a question or put an offer in and they say no and it's a low one well guess what you can keep going up but when you tip pitch at the top you can't come back down so that doesn't mean you, anybody out there puts low offers in with me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that. I was going to say that's no our, that's no our policy. Yeah. <laughs> We're always getting above the home report. <laughs> I think that might be the difference as well between the English market and the Scottish market is yeah. that um, we are offers over and, and England isn't. And we find that sometimes with English buyers or people from outside of Scotland, I should say, um, that they expect to they don't understand our system 
um, and they quite often will say, oh, do you think they'll accept, you know, like yeah. 10, 15,000 under? And I said, no, the, the home report value, valuation is what the property is valued at, and we're expecting offers above that. And the home report valuation is the historic price. Yeah. It's based on history. It's not based on market forces or what's going to happen now. And our recent sales have suggested that we're getting 10 and 20% over the home report value. You know that's a, that that's a that's a fact for us. Um, so, but it's also about mindset. It's about mindset for when you're when the buyer inquires with you as an agent. What are you actually primed to think? I mean, if you have what I call broke mentality, if you think a thousand pound more for your property is a lot of money, then if that if, as an agent, if you think like that, then you're doomed. You're doomed to do your best for your customer because you'll never do it because a thousand pound extra in your mind is like, oh, wow, that's unbelievable. But in actual fact, you'll probably find that the buyer in their mind, it's like they're, they want to go, as Andrea said, 5,000 more, 10,000 more, 15,000 more. And because you've got that mentality and that thinking in the beginning, because you don't understand the market and the dynamics and the behavioral science of what happens here, you don't get the best price for your customer because when somebody offers that few thousand pound extra, you rub your hands and go, that's absolutely fantastic, we get paid. Mm -hmm. I, I was actually wondering yesterday, I came across this yesterday with a couple of offers and I'm wondering, is age a factor? Sort of maybe the, the very young, maybe first time buyer that doesn't have a huge budget will, won't be able to go very much over asking price unless they've got very kind parents that are going to help them out. And then you've got the, your sort of more middle-aged people who have probably got pension pots that they're drawing from that can give them that bit extra to put towards a property. And then you've got the older people that are downsizing or, or just moving area that think a thousand pound more on an offer is a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's very much age dependent. I think that goes back to what I said about feelings. Ultimately, if they if you want something, you'll make it happen. And I've seen that time and time again. Um, one of the first time buyer when she offered on a property recently, she told me that was her max. And I told her, I spoke with my client, that's not going to do it. If you can come up to this, this will do it. Two hours later, I've got it. Brilliant. Put your offer in right in and we've done it. Yeah, um, so I it's, think also it finding out, it's also finding out how they manage to do that because then, you know, the, the classic example is they might have a reserve somewhere else they can tap on in order to do it. And that's our job to find that out in order to get the best price for our seller. Um, that's what it comes down to. So there's all different avenues. I mean, I've identified before refurb budgets of £15,000. And then when I've gone to the actual putting the property on the market, one particular example in, in, in Seller Dyke, you know, when they've gone to put it on the market and they've gone to make the offer, by the time I've got to the Friday to the Monday, I've got that 15000 out of them on top of the offer because the, the property isn't, isn't needing a refurb at all. Yeah. So over a weekend, I've actually added £15,000 on the value of my services. Yeah. How much did I charge them? Significantly less than that. <laughs> but then that's, that's who I keep saying to people, if you get me, if you get me or anybody else in our company to sell your property, you're more or less getting, you're more or less getting um, us for nothing and you're getting cash back in the exercise. And, I'm, and I make a standard joke of that all the time, but effectively that's what we are trying to achieve every single time. I mean, it makes perfect sense that when you fall in love with a home, your emotional attachment actually begins to form and you do everything you can to secure it. You don't walk away from the perfect property purely because you can't get anything off the asking price. Well, I've done it sometimes. 
It's called it's called cutting off your nose to spite your face. Um, and I've learned a lot of lessons from that in the past, the difficult way. Uh, your dream usually takes priority, really, in this case, doesn't it, guys? Yeah, what I would say is I've had properties, well, everybody will know in the current market, especially in the East Nuke, where this property was, where we had similar to military, so it was a, not military, but it was a different one. We had an abundance of people going through the door. I think it was about 30 as well, but a lot of them went through the door and no one was offering. And when we was calling to the feedback, they were like, ah, oh, I don't want to offer because I've got no chance of getting it because of I think it's going to go, if such a great property is going to go for this. And I said to them, so you're going to potentially miss out on your dream home because you're you giving up straight away. And you know what I call it? I, it's called in um, uh, motivational terms, and, and it's no motivational phrase. It's called loser's limp. Yeah. And it's a classic example of giving up before you get to the finish line. It's the it's the old thing about the, the runners running along. And it's like, oh, my hamstring before they get to the finish line because they know they're not going to be first. Yeah. So the so the loser's limp kicks in straight away. They make the excuse that they pulled a hamstring before they got to the finish line because they never they never got first. When in their mind they thought it's either first or nothing, uh, and it's like, well, you never know what's going to happen with the other person that could be before you. They could have stopped just before that line, and you could have got it. And yeah. this is this is prime example about keeping people on the line, isn't it? You know, yeah. get them to offer anyway. And that's what it's I said closing them. dates as well, isn't it? You know, a lot of people, if there's, you know, two or three people really interested in a property, it's sometimes favoured to have a closing date to make it fairer for everybody. Um, but then you'll get people that will think, I'm not getting in a bidding war. But right. You're not getting in a bidding war at all. Yeah, it's, it's not. And it's trying to help them understand that that is not the case. They still yeah, I mean, it's, it's, offer what they want to offer. It's practically impossible to get involved in a bidding war if you're at a closing date because you don't know the other price and no. nobody knows your price. So how on earth are you getting into a bidding war if you're putting your proper price forward? And this is another thing that we educate buyers when they're actually coming along to us, isn't it? It's mm -hmm. like the closing date is only to give some finalisation about people's offers in order to put everybody over the line. That's all. It's not yeah. designed to get more money out of you, but what we say is quite clear is you put the price forward and you have no regrets offer. The offer yeah. that you can put forward... I mean, you talk about no regrets offer, Jimmy. Uh, no regrets offer is when you put in your best offer and you're not going to be disappointed that you lose it when you see it come on the land registry in two months' time and think, oh, what about if I offered that £1,000 more or £2,000 more? You're putting in your best price, and that's, and that's it. If it's, if it's not meant to be, if it's meant to be, it'll be. Um, and if not, then at least you can know you knowing yourself and in your heart and in your head that you put in your best ball, best offer and, you, and, it didn't, and it didn't come off. And that's what I said to people about this other property. I said, said to them, so you're not going to offer... But when it comes on the land registry in two months' time, and you see it, and you were, and you see the sold price, and you think, and it's below what you would have offered, what? How are you going to feel then? And then two minutes and later, then, they say, You're "Right, I'm going to make an offer. I'm going to contact my solicitor right now." That's it. Equally important, equally important for the no regrets offer is the fact that the no regrets offer is is that as well. And the other side of that is, it's the fact that if you get it, and you end up getting that house with that price point you're not going to sit there and fizz about the fact that you maybe were overpaid for the property. 
That's what yeah. the no regrets offer is. So it's both sides there. Yeah. It's the fact that you, that if, you lose, if you lose it, you can walk away with your head held high. It's also the fact, more importantly, if you get it, you're not going to resent the fact that you think you've overpaid for this property for the rest of your days. For some people, that's actually quite difficult to get over. You know, I yeah. mean, but if 30% of buyers do feel that they can negotiate um, or, or, or or they can or should negotiate, they're unlikely to inquire about the home and asking price uh, appears to be above their budget straight away. I mean, that's a, there's a lot of people to lose there if they don't feel uh, they've got any 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 option or any possibility of getting it. I mean, it is the fear of losing out, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, people all the time ringing saying, look, I've seen this one been on for a month. Would they accept an offer below below valuation all the time? Um, but at the ultimate day, you haven't even seen the property yet. So let's go in and see you. It might be the right one for you, and then and then move it from move it from there. But you, yeah, that's well, look at how we've managed. Look at how we've managed Miller Terrace. Miller Terrace went on about a month ago, but the owner said, "Look, I'm not wanting viewings to start until after the 21st of June." Because I'm going to, you know, because because of various uh, various circumstances, and we said that's fine. And when everybody was phoning up, was saying, "I need to get in the door. I need to get in the door." And says, "You're too no, sorry. The manage of the property and the viewings is after the 21st of June. If you can accommodate that, we will fit you in once we've pre-qualified you. If you can't, then then you'll have to you'll have to then do without then if that's the case. Because it was the seller's requirements at that time that they, they want that done, uh, and and. Lo and behold, there's still 26 people looking to um, uh, lined up to view. Yeah, the house isn't going. That's where our job as well is to manage not only our buyers' expect, our buyers' expectation and the sellers, and say, look, this property is not going anywhere. This is what our client requires. You'll be in line, and then we'll we'll be in contact after that if there is when an offer's made or if there is going to be a closing date set. But that's all the agent's job to make sure everybody is up to date educated and knows the circumstances for everybody involved yeah i'd be i'd be interested to hear anybody's comments about that do you do you go to closing dates when you buy your property would you have paid more for your property as well um the one that you're in just now i'd be interested to hear uh, people's feedback are actually watching the show or or watching the show later on and uh, the next one though is do you need a buffer the short answer is maybe but not necessarily when lots, when, when lots of homes comparable to yours have sold nearby, they provide a clear price story backed up with plenty of local evidence as well. You know exactly who to target, exactly who will buy, and exactly for how much. There's little need for negotiating margins. But as I said, Home Report really doesn't take into account what's the current trend in the current market just now. And that's where a good agent can actually advise you on that, isn't it? Yeah, I've um, when I've been going out to people lately, and um, I'm giving them two figures. I'm giving them where the home report's going to land, um, or where I think it's going to be, and then where I'm where I'm aiming for, and beyond. Um, that's what I'm doing right now, especially if it's a quite a unique property, or if I know I've got people lined up and ready to go for a property like that, and I know their budget. But that's yeah. when you got to know your market and know your database and know your know your buyers. I'm reluctant to give people a final figure about where mm -hmm. it could land. I, I like to give them an indication, but I, I'm always reluctant because if you program your mind um, to believe that it could be that figure, 
and a buyer comes along and offers you that figure, it's almost like you've zoned out and immediately you think that's a great offer. Yeah. But in actual fact, if you identify from the buyer, if you don't preconceive that idea, you identify from the buyer that they actually potentially have more than that to actually offer on the property, then you're tuned into that and you know that opportunity is there. Um, yeah. That's, how, that's oh, yeah. how I look at it. And I know that's how you look at it, Jimmy, as well. Yeah, I had a, a client uh, probably a couple of months ago now. They got an offer. Um, and I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. Yes, we'll take that. And I said, let's slow down a minute because I think there's more there's more to be had here um trying to think now what was it and then when i told them what no i went back had a look just double check the numbers double check what we qualify them at and i went back and told them the number that i'm thinking i can achieve here i'm going to go back and try and negotiate too they said oh are you sure i don't want you to scare them off and i said just look yeah. bear with me here trust me and i'll be back in touch and then Two hours later, I called them up. Great, I got the number. Forty grand more than what they was going to originally accept. Forty grand more. Yeah, and they were scared about taking that leap. And trust me, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, your fee was a fraction of that. Even if your fee was twenty thousand pound, you're twenty grand up. That's, yeah. I mean, that's crazy when you think about it. And there's still people out there that think online hybrids are the way to go and fix fee estate agents. It's like you're crazy. It's like if you've got a fantastic uh, negotiator with loads of experience and understanding the dynamics and the behavioral science of how people shop when they buy property, it's worth it. It's, I was going to say it's worth its weight in gold, but it's now worth its weight in data, isn't it? Because <laughs> that's, that's the most valuable commodity on the planet is data. It's not gold anymore. <laughs> yeah, you got to think the, high, the, the hybrid and the online stuff, they're not, they're not, they're not humans. They're not like us well i know us at five properties where i'm i'm checking the market every day i'm checking the numbers i'm looking at what's sold and around here etc etc i know the trends i know where the buyers are going i know what they're looking for and that's you can't you can't put a price on on knowledge and uh knowledge and expertise that's really what it comes yeah. down to knowledge expertise and experience it's track record and it's understanding the dynamics of how people do what they do you know, Andrea, do you get this as well when people inquire? Yeah, and I think managing our vendors' expectations that it's going to depend on the type of property you're trying to sell as well. Um, if it's a three-bed semi-detached or a mid-terrace or that in a particular area and it's at a certain price, it is going to get a lot of attention, whereas if it's a more unique property that's a higher-end uh, price bracket, the, the market is going to be more limited and you know but that's where our skills come in with our marketing um, and we can get it out there to more people using our social media um you know but it is maybe going to take slightly longer to get interest in that property uh whereas if it was a, a run-of-the-mill yeah. uh three-bedroom one that's say at your normal sort of price that will go very quickly. And then when they come back to you and they say, oh, but nobody's interested in it, or oh, you've only had two inquiries for it, we have to reassure them that this is normal. That yeah. there are not a lot of people out there looking for uh, six bedroomed, um, seven acre houses, you know. Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> All right, but listen, but, but, but for that home, it's like anything, unlike anything around the area, there's there's and there's some uncertainty over the eventual sale price 
a buffer is a really useful tool, isn't it? I mean, you know, perhaps a, a unique art, architectural design um, or where improvements have lifted the accommodation or specification to well above the neighbouring uh, na the, the neighboring homes. I mean, I actually saw one in Kirkcaldy and she had actually, I think they'd spent about £40,000 on it. And it had a resale price of about £160,000. And yet the average price in that street was £180,000. And I'll wow. tell you what, it sold. It sold one hundred sixty grand, and I thought, and I and I went on, and I, and it was a private seller, by the way. It was a refurb, it was a developer, um, you know, doing their buy, refurbish, and and sell on. Um, and I actually went on to her and I congratulated her and says that's absolutely fantastic. I says you've actually raised all the price points of the values for all these homes in that surrounding area now, as a result of what you've done. So you've done a huge service. I mean, you're maybe selling it at an astronomical price and fantastic, but but you're actually raising everybody else and raising everybody else's properties and their values as a result of what you've done. Yeah, that's. Um, I think I know which one you're on about there, actually. Um, Dallas, I think it's Dallas Drive or something like that. Anyway, yeah. timing can also be an influence. There's lots of momentum right now, and you could read many tales of people paying well above the asking price. We could tell you loads of them. Um that's because confidence is high and supply is low. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, we've only got about 500 properties across the market throughout Fife up for sale. You can see a lot of stocks are dwindling. I mean, literally, every, I've, I've said it before as well, every single estate agent is literally one month away from not having any properties because that's yep. effectively, we're selling 500, all the agents are selling about 500 properties right throughout Fife every single month. So if you've got 500 properties for sale, there's only one month stock. And this is where a lot of agents are running in and they're going, I'll do it for half a percent. I'll do it for 500 pounds. I'll do it for this and I'll do it for nothing. And it's like, I need stock. And it's like, you're not going to be here in a couple of months time. And what does that say about how motivated you are to get your house sold for your seller at any price going just to get the fee? That's another key point as well. You know, you're maybe going to get somebody doing cheapest chips as your discounted price just now for an estate agent. But how motivated are they to get the best price for you? Are they no more motivated to get the quickest sale for you? No matter what the price is in order to get paid. Because it's volume yeah, they're basing. I, uh, I, uh, I, had, I had that um, objection raised to me about someone recently said, Jimmy, you're a lot higher than an ex-agent can you reduce it i said well did you go and ask them the same question they said yes and they said how much do they reduce and i said how much do they reduce it right they said x i said well are they going to do the same when someone offers on your property it's on an x but they can i'll reduce it to x absolutely they're not going to they're not going to see it ah, right ah right i'll go with you jimmy thanks very much for clearing that up no problem and, it, and there is people that get that straight away, but there's a there's some people that just don't get that straight away. They just immediately think about fee and think about how much how much they can save, and they actually don't realise that every single estate agent does a different service to get a different result and has a different audience. I mean, you know, how many estate agents do you know that are on television now on on social media? None, except us. That's it. Yeah. There's no other estate agent in the area on social media television. And doing talk ups and walkthroughs and, and and community engagement and stuff like that, none of them do it. But that adds value because people from further afield see what they're going to be buying, and guess what? It drives emotion. And what did you say, Jimmy, about emotion? Emotion drives the price and the offers. 
Emotion drives feelings and feelings drives price and price goes up as a result of that and offers go up as a result of that. So for what they're trying to, for what you're trying to save is what Andrea's classic example is what the estate agent tried to charge whatever they were doing at their end. They lost £5,000 in a natural result because Andrea was willing to pay more, but they failed to notice that or failed to see that because possibly they might have just been purely motivated to sell the property to get paid. Because of their, because they need money as quick as possible. That's mm. why you've got to be extremely careful about what the motive of the stage is sitting right in front of you. That's what it comes oh, yeah. down to. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. That was an online estate agent. Yeah, <laughs> south of the border. Yeah, I've had it. Listen, I've had it with normal estate agents, with offices as well, and hybrid mm. estate agents as well. And you go back and you look at what they actually achieved and the overall result at the end, and you actually think, my goodness, you have lost thousands in your end result because you chose the wrong person. And and it's no a slight on the estate agent. It's no a slight on the person. It's just the fact that I, I, I actually, it's something I'm passionate about, about getting the true value for the property and getting the true result for the property in order to get the maximized return, in order to help the seller realize their dreams for the next property they want. The £5,000 that they could have got extra could have bought a kitchen, for the, a new kitchen for the other person. Mm -hmm. Would they have bought a new kitchen? Yeah, I've seen lately online quite a lot. These adverts will pop up on Facebook. Um, do you want, uh, we can sell your home quick at the home report valuation. And I thought, well, yeah, that's fine. But we can sell your home quick and get more than the home report valuation. And it, right, but they're, they're just chancers trying to get, they're trying to get uh, cheap fees. They're trying to get, they're yeah. trying to get volume. They're trying to get properties before they go to market to possibly buy them and sell them on to people at a higher price. Mm -hmm. That's that's you know you have to watch out for these people. I mean, when confidence dips and when competition increases, that's when buyers may try to negotiate downwards. Although not usually at the expense of losing their home for good, the one that they want. Your asking price should always be a conversation between you and your agent that takes you into account local sales, current market conditions, strategic price points, and generating the excitement as well. This is the whole thing: excitement. This is what marketing is all about. This isn't about property sales. If you're going to sell a house, I tell you what, save yourself some money, go to doorsteps and put it on for 99 quid. That's called selling a house because they'll get you on right move, prime location and Zoopla. That's selling a house. If you're going to market a house and drive the end result and drive the price by getting the buyer to pay significantly more, that's when you go to an experienced estate agent with a track record of what they're doing. That's what gets you the true value. And even though their initial fee is more, they end up being the cheaper estate agent because they're getting more money in your pocket. Of course, you'll need to feel comfortable about your strategy. And we always look to tailor your approach in that process. Yeah, I had one... Um... Just talking about about that and uh, and the price i had a client um in in st andrews recently and she put our market probably on the market because she really wanted to get one um so we knew what was shown out and she knew what we she called the agent and sort of knew where the one that she wanted was gonna was gonna be um we accepted an offer on our house uh, a great price um and then I told her to make this offer on this house. And she said, well, I can go more than that, though. I said, yeah, but once you've gone up, you can't come down. Try it there. That's quite a lot less than what they said. But I said, but it hasn't sold yet. If it was going to go for that, yeah. it would have gone. Put that in. See how you get on. This is, another huge bonus. And this is another huge bonus. This is another huge bonus. She got it. 
Yeah, this is another huge bonus of people using us, isn't it? Is the very fact that you may be using us to sell your property, but also you can actually pull in our resources and our expertise in buying a property. There's often I've had a buyer actually of an of a, buying another property go to the existing estate agent, make an offer, and they've said you're not going to get it for under the home report value. And then subsequently, I've gone on their behalf and I've negotiated without the agent knowing, and I've got it for below the home report value. What does that say about negotiation? It's the same property, it's the same agent, it's a different person, it's a different technique, and I've actually got it for less than what they've got it for. And they've actually not gone back to the original person. That's crazy as well, eh? I mean, who, who does that? I mean, who, who out there is doing that? Well, I know who's doing that, and I'm not going to name names, but but the reality is it's like that's how I think, that's how I realise that what we're doing is far superior to everybody else. Oh, yeah. I challenge other estate agents to that time and time again, eh? I, uh, I was speaking to uh, uh, a guy from Glasgow uh, yesterday, a really good guy. He's looking to buy in St. Andrews. Um, he he was telling me a story about it was interesting, a plot of land near Octorada. Um, it, it was a plot of land. It was on about 180. Um, he said he would offer, I think it was 150 for it. Um, the client said, no, we're not looking for that. Anyway, he's seen it got withdrawn from the market called them up and said oh no they're giving it a break seen it went back on at 180 again and then seen it was sold and then you seen what he was having a look online about the sale price then actually saw it sold for a hundred thousand pounds but the agent had for the agent had forgot about him and not looked to see that he'd actually go previously sold 150 and cost never, never get any notes or any information never had any uh, crm system which you could actually go back to and say, that boy offered before, are you still in the market? That's crazy. I mean, the other one as well is playing the portals. Almost every estate agent gets the majority of their new leads online. And most come through, well, most come through property portals like Rightmove and Zoopla for other agents. But the majority of ours actually come direct to our website, don't they? And through our social media channels. I mean, 75% of our, our, our market comes from all our, our all our channels outside of Rightmove and Zoopla. 25% of our, our leads come from Rightmove and Zoopla. And we have over 600, around about 600,000 600, visitors every year from all these combined. 600,000 a year. That's 50,000 people looking at your property every single month with what we are doing. So we're generating that activity. So, but the portal simply, they simply don't display your home. They tell the story of it being for sale. That's really it. That's what it comes down to. So when someone searches on a portal, they're asked to choose a from and a price range uh, with narrow results. Okay, so it's transformed home hunting by removing any nonce and it will ensure that your asking price doesn't leave you stranded. Um, for instance, if you're likely to achieve 490,000, but you ask for 505, less uh, less than 3% higher, nobody searching up to the 500,000 price point would see your home and you'd lose them all. That's another key strategy as well, getting your price right. I mean, if you're, and I'm, I'm not going to divulge it here in case other estate agents are watching because I don't like to tell everybody all these things. <laughs> but if you don't get your price right, you can actually lose half your audience, can't you? You know, on, yeah. on the internet. And, 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 and I'll tell you, the pricing of strategy of doing it fifty pound fifty thousand fifty pound below the ten thousand price point is not the strategy to do even one pound below because you're losing half your audience. That's maybe giving you a clue about how to do that. Instead, you risk increasing the time it takes to find a buyer by sitting among higher value listings, making competitor homes look like better prospects than yours. 
and advertising to people who expect more for their money as a result. With your home marketing timeline available to everyone, keeping the story short is critical to getting the best price. I mean, it's now it's now public knowledge. You see all the history of when a property was listed, what it was listed for, when the prices have changed, and a longer tail of price reductions and sitting on the shelf provides opening to negotiate your price down, doesn't it? 100%. 100%. I mean, what is it? Time is money at the end of the day. Yeah, I would say to people that if they're looking for a bargain, they're best to look at the stuff that's been on the market the longest um, and maybe requires work, a lot of work done on it. Yeah. And it's not going to be something that they can just move straight into and live happily ever after. They're going to have to, to put the effort into it. And that's probably why it's so cheap. <laughs> Yeah, effectively, that's what happens. The longer it sits, um, there's a there's a mentality that the the um, the price point. Uh, well, there's a mentality in the state agent's mind, and this is what I come back to the state agent's mindset. The longer the state agent, and not this is, doesn't happen for us, and I know it doesn't happen because I teach you guys this. Um, the longer an estate agent sees their property sitting on the market, the automatic response to them is price reduction because they think that's the fundamental difference about how it will make a difference. But it's not a price reduction to push it back up. It's a price reduction to actually give it away at that price. Whereas other way around for us is a price reduction to introduce a new audience to push the, pro the property back up. I mean, I've had it before. I've had it in Cooper where I had a property that was on at 90,000. And the person, I says, look, you need to reduce your price to get more people through the door and I can push them back up. And I was wanting them to reduce it to 80,000. And they went, 10,000 off? I can't believe that. That's ridiculous. Who gives 10,000 off? And I went, listen, I'm doing this as a deliberate policy in order to introduce a new audience to get on a different price banding, to get into a new sector, but actually make yours, to get somebody through the door, because once I get people through the door, I'll be able to push them back up. Lo and behold, within two weeks, we'd actually had a closing date, and it went for more than what was original on it. Yeah. Do you think they were delighted? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, had one in Cooper. I had one in Cooper as well that was on with another agent. She was getting nowhere. They wanted her to move it to a fixed price of offers over 115. I said... That's that's not the that's not the thing to do. Move to us. We'll do X Y Z to get audience through the door. She put it on the bus. Accept the offer one two seven five hundred. Yeah, and 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 that's where it, that's where I keep coming back to saying that uh, in the mind of some people, they actually think all the state agents do the same job, and and we fundamentally don't. And that's almost like, and it's like what you said, Andrea. I think you said it at the beginning. If all the state agents did the same job, there would only be one estate agent selling every property. That's no, all we ever need. And, and that's really what it comes down to. I mean, you know, they don't do the same job because they, they think differently. And it's the thinking process of the person that's dealing that you're inquiring with. It's the prime example here. I mean, I talk about all the time how I was prepared to pay significantly more for my office in Cooper. And I'm yeah. not going to say who the agent was, but they'll know who they are if they're watching this show. <laughs> but I was prepared to pay 10000 more, and they never even noticed that. They never noticed that at all. And within one week... Of me offering, I had not twenty thousand pound off the value of that property, and they accepted it after one week. And yet, I was prepared to meet them halfway. If only they had said it, would you meet me halfway? I would have probably said absolutely. And because they never said that one phrase, they lost their seller ten thousand pound. There's the history because I've been doing this for thirty years and buying property as a landlord. It's littered with negotiations. 
And the fact that where I've seen people slip up all the time where I've been buying from them, it doesn't mean to say if you're watching this now that I'm going to actually, you're going to get more money out of me because you're no. <laughs> Let's make that quite clear. <laughs> but you're not going to realise you're not going to get more money out of me because of the way I negotiate with you. That's really what it comes down to. So I'll tell that quite clear to any stage in watching this that I then phone up and make an offer on a property. Jimmy um, actually mentioned fixed price there. And we've had a lot of people with their houses have not been moving particularly as quickly as they want and say, well, let's put it on at a fixed price then and we'll you know, get a quicker sale. And I just said, we don't agree with fixed price at five properties because that leaves us absolutely nothing that we can do to get you as much for your property as possible. No, a fixed price, I mean, you've seen a lot of people, but not really, just one, few and far between, this comes up now and again, that people ask about fixed price, should I fix the price? And it is a, it is an, it is a south of the border thing to do that. Um, and that's where that mentality comes from. But you're absolutely right. There is no negotiation in that then if you're doing a fixed price. And even at that, you still get the people come in and they actually, actually try to get less than the fixed price. They mm -hmm. still make offers less. They don't actually offer the fixed price. So you're on a hiding to nothing doing that. I mean, what, let's talk about the last thing here. What is your agent's duties? I mean, buyers often ask questions like, what's the lowest offer they'll take? What will the owners accept? And here's where your agent needs to be absolutely clear when they're acting for you, the seller. Remember, they're acting for you. They're not acting for the buyer. If we all... If, if all we did was ask you how little you'd accept and put forward every little offer without even challenging it, we wouldn't really be doing our job, would we? No. Um, I, when people say, oh, what would they, they should say, oh, the price is on 200,000. Oh, what's the lowest offer they accept? Oh, normally just 250. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, you're absolutely right. That's exactly what I would be coming back with. You know, it's only 200,000. What's the lowest offer you would accept? And that's where the fundamental mindset comes from. Because just a wee cheeky remark like that can often stimulate the other person at the other end. And you're not doing it um, draconian and you're not doing it um, arrogant wise. You're actually just sounding that person out to make sure that they're actually possibly maybe actually prepared to go more. Because sometimes you can actually pick up these messages subliminary and without them knowing, they don't actually know this is happening. They give away to us that they're actually saying that, yeah, I'm actually prepared to be more, but the the, the initial, the, the question and the uh, the reactions from the person doesn't match up. And that's where we can, that's where we can look to get, look to take advantage of that as, a, as agents, can't we? Yeah, I had um, one offer from a from a solicitor, and they made an offer. I made, I worded it in a certain way. My my response, and then I found out. Oh, she actually said she's then said a number five thousand pound, five thousand more than their first offer. And I said, so shall I just take that higher offer to my client and see what they say? And she went, yeah, okay. And that was it, five grand, and I just won one response, and that was it. <laughs> and that literally took you how long? 30 seconds to get £5,000 more, just like that. Eh? Yeah. And people say sometimes that your fees are too high. It's delusional. It's actually they don't understand. And, and, and I feel sorry because we've not got the message across correctly then if that's the case. You know, yeah. we've not got the message across that this is why we're doing this. This is why we're charging this. And this is the tools we need to do the job. After all, you don't expect to buy a Ferrari for the price of a Skoda. 
they do two unique jobs in their own instance. One gets you a faster result and a better feeling and a better uh, a better result at the end. The other one just takes you from A to B, and you, you choose what you want to pay and for for what reason for. You know that's yeah. really what it comes down to, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I won't show you the scooter sitting in the drive. <laughs> <laughs> I would never. I would never waste money on buying a Ferrari. By the way. <laughs> I would rather, I would rather, honestly and genuinely, I've said it before, I would rather give it away to people that really need it than actually go out and buy a Ferrari. That's absolutely obscene in my, in my opinion. But that's me getting on my high horse about things. <laughs> but, I think good. one of the jobs of an agent is that when you're, you know, people can think, oh, maybe this house would suit us. And it's up to us to try and show them the potential that that house has got. I think we talked about potential in another show and how it could work for them because some people this may be their fifth sixth seventh or eighth house that they've viewed and they end up getting a bit housebound yeah. so we can sort of pinpoint things and see what it is that they actually need and show them how that that house could work for them yeah, I mean, your agent is there to put you in the strongest possible position, negotiating position. And a big factor of that is how firm your agent holds. And we've talked about that throughout the process. And when they express doubts about your price or even suggest that you might actually take less, it turns the tables in the favour of the buyers. And we've actually, you know, that happens loads and loads of times. And I've seen it happen with being a buyer myself or for, for an investor. So as your, as your agent, it's up to us to demonstrate that your home is worth the price you're asking, which is why it's so important that we recommend a credible starting point. It's far easier to negotiate a higher offer when the asking price creates enthusiasm than when it creates an obstacle in the process. I mean, that's it. I mean, final words, guys, we're at the end. I mean, that's an hour. Yeah, flying by, my, flying by. My, my final word would be trust your agent. As long as it's us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that in. You can't just yeah. say trust your agent because I know what they're no, like. No, it has to be us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but I know it sounds completely arrogant, but remember, I've been buying from these people for 30 years and I know exactly what they're like and what their service level is like. And it's tragic, honestly. Uh, there is only one agent, Jim. There are other companies that try to sell houses. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Okay, uh, Jimmy, what's your thoughts on this? Um, what I was going to say now is just I would say listen to your agent when when the valuation is is done and and what they're looking for. Just trust them. Um, listen, listen to them, and just um, be transparent with them on your actual. Uh, expectations etc remember this is a team that you're working as a team to get the best result at the end and i know everybody at five properties would eat sleeping drink trying to trying to drive the price and get the best result at the end for all our clients all right absolutely it's 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 live it's eat sleep drink repeat eat sleep drink repeat eat, sleep. <laughs> it's that whole thing eh? every single day day in day out even today i mean you know technically everybody's supposed to be finished for the weekend but we're still doing things and i still do a property update tomorrow and i still work in the background as well and i know you guys do this religiously as well i mean the final words on this for me is your buyer doesn't need to feel they've got a bargain. That's really the process here. They need to feel confident that the home is a perfect choice for them in their future. That's really fundamentally what it comes down to. And that's us, guys. Until next week.
you know, so next week, um, I'll see you next week. And thanks very much for coming on the show, Andrea. And thanks very much for coming on the show, Jimmy. If anybody's got any questions they want to ask privately, then please feel free to message us. If they want to put any comments on here, please feel free to do that as well. And we can respond back as well. And until next week, guys, that's uh, Five Property Show. And bye-bye for now. Bye. Enjoy the weekend.